Well, friends, welcome again to another episode of Footsteps of the Messiah. May you be blessed and encouraged. Let's say the blessing for Torah study. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Gitshanu B'Mitzvotav V'Tivanu La'asok B'Divrei Torah Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the Universe, who commands us who commands us regarding his mitzvot and commands us regarding the uh, involvement or engagement in Torah study. So on Erev Shabbat, which was Av 30, uh, just about uh, 48 hours ago uh, this weekend, um, a friend of mine, Rabbi Sunshine, gave such a fantastic sermon, a drash, it was very brief, but it was on a story about a man who begged God to send him to paradise. I'm going to read you the story. But the man got turned around and on his way to paradise ended up going back home. He was convinced that it was his parad- that it was paradise and his shift in thinking gave him the ultimate fulfillment. So too may our gaze and outlook be shifted as we turn our feet and our gaze to Elul. Today was Elul 1, the second day of the Rosh Chodesh. Av 30 and Elul 1 were both celebrated as Rosh Chodesh. Uh, so this is a very special Shabbat because it was the Shabbat of the, the week going into Elul, which is the last week, uh, sorry, last month of 5782 on the biblical calendar. And it was also a double Rosh Chodesh. Some Rosh Chodesh uh, celebrations are only one day when the month is 29 days, like in the case of last month, Tammuz. Uh, this month, Elul, actually, sorry, Av was a 30-day month, so we celebrate Rosh Chodesh for two days, day 30 and day uh, one of the following month, which is Elul. So if you go to Instagram, look at my five-minute video broken up into one-minute segments, uh, Footsteps of the Messiah, you will hear an explanation about that. And you can also look it up if you go uh, to articles on the biblical calendar and its calibration and the mathematical computations of why they did that. But basically, it boils down to a two-day. Rosh Chodesh is a two-day celebration. And it's also why part of the reason why we celebrate Rosh Hashanah coming up in 30 days, or actually 29 days now, uh, for two days. So moving on, we, we get... So too uh, may our gaze and outlook be shifted as we turn our feet and our gaze to Elul. So where will our shoes and our feet take us this month? I'm going to get into why I said shoes. I'm going to read you the story in a minute. So how are we willing and able to, one, be honest with God himself as to what we want and how we feel? Number two, are you willing, ready, and able to hear and obey him. If you're going to ask God, if you're going to be honest with God himself as to what you want and what you feel, are you willing to hear what he has to say back? No matter how he speaks to you, whether he speaks through television or movies or through a still small voice like Eliyahu or Moshe, uh, the characters, you know, they're not the characters, but the stories in the Bible where they, they saw God in the fire or the wind or where they were hidden in the cleft of a rock. And are you willing to do what he says, even if it might be really unpleasant? Maybe it's to tell your spouse something that you really don't like about them or, or something very, very vul- that's going to make you very vulnerable. Uh, maybe it's to confront somebody in a loving and respectful way when you're easily angered normally with such a person. Uh, maybe it could be work, it could be a neighbor, it could be a family member, it could be somebody you haven't spoken to in a year. And 
the Lord is moving you to fix that relationship. So don't be afraid. Choose to be bold. Choose to be brave. Choose to be courageous. Relationships are things to be treasured. Maybe it's a relationship that you need to fix and then move on from. But maybe the Lord is working in this other person's life and you're going to help catalyze that. I don't know. That's up to you and God. That's between you and the Lord. So I had a few points here. Number one and number two I covered. Number three, how far are you willing to go to follow the voice and the instructions of the creator? That's a good one to do a salah, a pause. How far are you willing to go to follow the voice and the instructions of the creator? Are you willing to write a letter? Are you willing to record something? Are you really willing to journal and really not digest your thoughts, but... Break down your thoughts and then digest them, maybe. Think about them, cogitate, contemplate, and then share them with someone, you know. Number four, the fourth point that came to my heart after this sermon, are you willing to stay turned to Hashem and keep going? Meaning, turned 180 degrees from where you were going, but stay in the right direction. What are you willing to do on today, Elul 2, we just got through with Elul Day 1. What are you do, willing to do on Elul 2? All right, so let's go to the story that I'd love to read you, and we're going to end with that. It's going to be a short edition. I'm going to try to do um, 30 of these minus the days of Shabbat, the Shabbat days in Elul, so about 26 of these. So hopefully you'll get six at a time with a one-day pause and then another six. So this story is called Turning Your Shoes Around. And I apologize, I don't have the author, but I believe the book is called What Really Matters in Life. So I'll have to double check that and get back to you. So the premise is people look for ways to get into heaven. They believe heaven is far away. But what if heaven were closer than you thought? What if it were close by? What if all it took to get there was a different way of looking at things? There was once a man who had given up on life. He found no joy in his work, his family, or his community. And so he prayed to God to let him leave this world. Show me the way to paradise, he implored. God asked him, are you sure that's what you want? The man replied, I'm sure with all my heart. Very well, replied the Lord, who showed him the way to paradise. Journey from his As it turned out, paradise wasn't far away, just a few days' journey from his village. So late one afternoon, he set out on his way. He walked until nightfall and then decided to rest beneath a leafy tree. Just before he fell asleep, it occurred to him that in the morning he might become confused and forget which was the way to paradise and which was the way back to the village. So he left his shoes by the roadside with the tips pointing toward paradise so that in the morning, all he'd have to do was jump into his shoes and continue on his way. But sometimes unexpected things happen. Shoes get turned around. Was it an elf? Was it an angel? Was it just a squirrel? Who knows? But somehow, this man's shoes got turned around, and in the morning he rose feeling rested from his sleep, ate from the fruit of the tree, and prepared to set off on his journey. He went to the roadway. He stepped into his shoes and began walking, unaware that he was, in fact, returning home. By noon, he could see a village on the hillside, and his heart leapt. I've arrived in paradise, he thought. 
he ran down into the valley and up the hill, not stopping until he had arrived at the gates of the village. What a beautiful place is paradise, he thought. My village was always so crowded and noisy. This is a different place, so filled with life and joy. He sat down on a bench in the square and witnessed the life of the village. He heard the songs the children sang at school and the sounds of the adults at work. He felt the vitality, energy, and the love that filled the village. He sat in the square all day. In the evening, he heard the joyful sounds of families reunited at home and smelled the meals that were being enjoyed by each family, and he began to feel hungry. He thought, since paradise looks so much like my village, I wonder if there's a street in paradise like my street. And so he went to look, just where he thought it might be. There's where he found it. Then he thought, I wonder if there's a house in paradise like my house. And just where he thought it might be, there it was. Just as he was wondering at this marvelous coincidence, a woman came to the door, a woman who bore a striking resemblance to his wife. The woman called his name and asked him to come in for dinner. His heart leapt. They know me in paradise. There is a place for me here in paradise. I don't know what's in paradise, the woman responded, but your soup is getting cold at home. Come inside. He entered the house. This house in paradise was nothing like his house in the village. That house was always crowded, cluttered, filled with commotion. This place was cozy and warm and filled with life. He sat at the table and ate the best meal he'd ever had. He complimented the woman on her heavenly soup. Afterward, he went up to his bedroom and entered the deepest, most restful sleep he'd ever known. In the morning, the woman, who looked like his wife, handed him his tools and sent him to work. At first, the man was incredulous. Who's ever heard of working in paradise? But then it occurred to him that even in paradise, there were tasks to be done. And he found that this work was different from the work he'd done before. No dull or tedious work or chores. It filled him with a sense of purpose, rather. And that night, he returned to the same warm and loving home, the same kind woman, and more of her wonderful dinner. Do you know that in all the years that followed, no one could ever convince that man that he had not made it to paradise. Every one of his days from then on was filled with more wonder, more purpose, more joy, and more life than the day before. Amen. May it be so for all of us, just by shifting our gaze and deciding we're going to live a little different. We're going to look at things a little differently. We're going to hear people a little bit differently. We're going to be a bit more optimistic. We're going to be a bit more positive in our outlook. We're going to do one extra task that maybe we didn't want to, but for someone who needs it. We're going to make one extra phone call to a friend or maybe someone who's infirmed today, tomorrow, the next day. So this story ends with Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to praise your name, O Most High, to affirm your love each morning and your faithful, faithfulness each night. In Judaism, the Shema is said in the morning, and there's also a bedtime Shema. Uh, there's a prayer that you say at the end of the day. I'll find it here. And when you go to sleep, it goes like this. Master of the universe, I hereby forgive anyone who angered, annoyed, or wronged me, myself, my possessions, or my honor. 
Let no one be punished on my account. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Adonai, my rock and my redeemer. Blessed are you, Lord our God, who rules the universe, brings sleep to my eyes and slumber to my eyelids. May it be your will, Lord our God and God of our ancestors, that I lie down in peace and arise in peace. Let my sleep be undisturbed by troubling thoughts, bad dreams, and vicious schemes. May I have a night of tranquil slumber and awaken to the light of a new day, for it is your light which enables me to see. Blessed are you, Lord, whose glory gives light to the entire world. God is a faithful sovereign. El Melech Ne'eman. Devarim, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Adonai alone. Blessed are you, Lord our God. Praise be God's glorious sovereignty throughout all time. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you to this, this day you shall take to heart. Teach them diligently to your children and recite them at home and away night and day. Bind them as a sign upon your hand and as a reminder above your eyes. Inscribe them upon the doorposts of your homes and upon your gates. Help us out tonight to lie down in peace and awaken us again. Our sovereign to life spread over us. Your shelter of peace. Guide us with your good counsel. Save us because of your mercy. Shield us from enemies and pestilence, from starvation, sword, and sorrow. Remove the evil forces that surround us. Shelter us in the shadow of your wings, O God, who watches over us and delivers us, our gracious and merciful ruler. Blessed are you, Lord, by day and praised by night. Praise when we lie down and praise when we rise up. In your hands are the souls of the living and the dead, the life of every creature, the breath of all flesh. Into your hand I entrust my spirit. You will redeem me. Adonai, God of truth, our God in heavens, assert the unity of your dominion. Affirm your sovereignty and reign over us forever. May our eyes behold, our hearts rejoice, and our souls be glad in your sure deliverance that it shall be said. To Zion, to Zion, your God is sovereign. Adonai reigns. Adonai has reigned. Adonai shall reign throughout all time. All sovereignty is yours. Until all eternity, only you reign in glory. Only you are sovereign. The following biblical verses recall God's blessings and protection. And this is the last paragraph. Then Yaakov, Jacob said, may the angel who has redeemed me from harm bless these boys. May they carry on my name and the names of my ancestors, Abraham and Yitzchak. May they grow into a multitude upon the earth. And God said, if you listen diligently to the voice of Adonai, your God, doing what is right in God's sight, heeding the mitzvot and observing all the laws, then I will not inflict upon you the diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians. For I, Adonai, am your healer. Behold, Shlomo carried in his litter 60 of Israel's heroes escorted. All of them are skilled swordsmen, trained in war, each with his sword by his side to ward off any danger in the night. May Adonai bless you and guard you. May Adonai show you favor and be gracious to you. May Adonai show you your you kindness and grant you peace. That's the ironic benediction. Last paragraph. The guardian of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. For your deliverance I wait, O Lord. Adonai, for your deliverance I wait. I wait, Adonai, for your deliverance. And some conclude with a don olam on page 101. And then there's a version for young children, which is extremely short. And it is the Shema, the first line of the Shema, and then eight blessings. So back to our story to wrap up. This is going to be a short one, a short episode. So the questions at the end of this story are, why does the psalmist wake each morning and go to bed each night with such a prayer? Psalm 92. Did the psalmist live in the same world we live in? Did he see the ugliness and the evil in the world that we see? Didn't he ever wake up with a headache or go to bed with a back pain? Of course, the psalmist lived in a world like ours. In fact, 
He probably lived in a world much worse than ours. But like the man in the story, he opened his eyes to a different way of seeing the world. The facts of his life remained the same, only his attitude changed. And suddenly, his life was very different. The word in Hebrew for to, to change is leshanot. The root is the same shana, the shoresh, the three-letter root in Hebrew, shin nun he, as the word for year, shana. So where has this year taken you? Has it been immense pain joined by immense joy? Has it been brutal but productive? Has it been nothing but hurt? Has it been all joy for you? I hope, friends, that you've had a productive and fulfilling year. I hope every month has brought you all of the blessings that were dedicated to you, that were forged and promised to you last Rosh Hashanah and sealed at Yom Kippur for 5782. And may the good Lord, may Adonai bless you abundantly, pouring out every drop of blessing left in 5782. And may it be for repentance. May it be for all that you merit and more in mercy and truth. And may 5782 come to a fulfilling and powerful close with repentance for you and a good decree this coming Rosh Hashanah 5783. May you be blessed and encouraged and may you invite Yeshua, our Messiah, to be your Lord and King. Shalom.